Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Calling Tau City. Turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm waiting to be found. I'm building rockets. This is the Starship Sober, everybody. Welcome, hello, and welcome to show 727. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. What a story. Way back when, yes. This story actually came out in Flurb number seven in 2009. Yes, when it was just puppies. It is Trembling Blue Stars by Richard Cadry. I'll give you a little heads up about Richard. Richard Cadry is the New York Times best-selling author of the Sandman Slim Supernatural Noir series. Sandman Slim was included in Amazon's 100 Science Fiction and Fantasies Books to Read in a Lifetime. Some of Cadry's other books include The Dead Take the Air Train with Cassandra Noir, The Pale House Devil, Butcher Bird... His work has been nominated for both the British Science Fiction Award and the Locus Awards and appeared in the Best Horror of the Year. Aside from books, Kadri has written for film, games and comics. Kadri also makes music with his band, A Demon in Fun City. Now, this story is narrated by Randall L. Swartz. Randall L. Swartz is perhaps best known for his seminal books on Perl programming language, that helped make the World Wide Web possible and popular. He produced the weekly audio and video podcast of open source software, but has given up after 13 years to get those five hours per week per bag. And no, Randall, tell, tell us about it. As, as a featured conference speaker for his new passion, Dart and Flutter, he's no stranger to the limelight. He enjoys pulling out his gear to record yet another narration and likens it to getting to read bedtime stories to the kids he never had and looks forward to future assignments. So, 
The Starship Sova is very proud to present Trembling Blue Stars by Richard Cadry. I was sitting at the counter drinking espresso and smoking galwasses at the Hellas Basin Cafe on Rosdesvenka Street in Moscow. The day before, we'd been riding the Veer, ferrying supplies to the ASEAN research facility deep in the Oort cloud. It was pleasant to be back on Earth. During each veer run, when time-space turned psychotic and the heavy rad poured in, we would go null and let our guests do the driving. These P.T. Moore moments were necessary for deep-space travel. Dying wasn't such a bad thing if you knew that cigarettes and strong coffee would be waiting for you when it was over. A woman walked up behind me and said, Those black lines across your knuckles and the backs of your hands, I know what those tattoos mean. Do you? You're a cosmonaut, a deep space cowboy who rides a twenty-kilometer bucking bronco between the stars. Clever girl, your parents must be very proud. Hello, Johnny. I'd seen her when she walked in. My guest's oddly augmented vision revealed her in a distorted panorama of the café the moment she entered. I was hoping she wouldn't see me, and my guests squirmed slightly with my discomfort. Hello, Valentina, I said, and turned my head politely in her direction. I thought you were dead. I am. I know, that was a joke, she said. A good one, too. You look very handsome for a corpse. Thank you. Valentina had changed since I'd last seen her. Her hair was long, well past her shoulders, where before it had been buzzed close to her scalp. She wore little makeup and was noticeably thinner, but no less beautiful. Her nails were short. It looked like she'd been gnawing the ends. I didn't really believe that you'd go through with it. You'd let them murder you just so you could be a handbag for a parasite? Don't talk to me about that tabloid nonsense. It's the news feed's way to sell ads. Aliens and ghosts roaming the star slots and nicely between celebrity gossip and government conspiracies. But you're dead, Johnny. They took out all your organs. You're as hollow as a chocolate Easter bunny. You don't even breathe. The thing inside you feeds you oxygen. Our brains still work. As long as our brains work, we're still ourselves. Are you sure? I read that the doctor do things to your brains. It's just a volume adjustment. Our guests can't stand all the noise, the stimulation in an ordinary human brains. But we're still who we are, just a bit steadier. You let them lobotomize you. I turned fully toward Valentina. It was purely for her benefit, to give her the sensation of personal contact. She was leaning one elbow on the counter, looking at me that a way a poor wife might consider the last sad chicken in a butcher shop. This is a very interesting conversation, I said. We haven't seen each other in over two years, and all you want to talk about are the whereabouts of my liver? I want to know that it's you that I'm talking to and not some meat puppet run by a space monster. I drank the rest of my espresso and held up my cup to the waitress for more. How did you know I was here? I didn't. I eat lunch here two or three times a week. Why would you eat at a cosmonaut hangout? Didn't you hear? 
My husband left me to run off to play spaceman with his friends. She reached across the counter and took one of the galwasses, picked up my hand and used my cigarette to light hers. The subtle differences in our ambient skin temperature made her hand felt very warm. My guest curled itself inside me, retreating from the sensation. How do you smoke if you don't have any lungs, she asked. I contract and relax the muscles of my diaphragm. It takes a little practice. The good news is I won't ever get lung cancer. I fucking hate you. Good, I said. Then you can let me go and forget you ever knew me. A couple at a table by the window got up and left. Valentina took me by the hand and led me to where they'd been sitting. Through the window, we could see the outline of the Kremlin and the old Savoy Hotel, a bright pre-Soviet bauble, built like a ridiculous toy fort, a fantasy castle for a giant child. Its old-world lines were marred by a patched mylar dome on the roof, hiding an array of microwave antennas, satellite relays, water and air scrubbers. In the plaza down below was a traveling carnival with glowing, swooping rides and virtual wild animals prowling the grounds. Nothing stays the same. The old is jettisoned, the new incorporated. Everything is a chimera if it lasts long enough. How could I forget you when you just disappeared? You could have stayed long enough for me to throw you out. That would have been the polite thing to do. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking very clearly at the time. I was scared. I was scared of you, and I was scared of wanting so badly to go to the stars. I'm better now, though. And all you had to do was let them gut you like a fish and fill you up with an alien parasite? Were you really that anxious to get away from me? The alterations are necessary. Humans can't function in deep space. Our guests are the only thing that makes it possible. It's a symbiotic relationship. I think you love your alien more than you ever loved me. My guest nodded uncomfortably in my gut. I gestured to the waitress to bring us our coffee by the window. I drew on my cigarette. A pleasantly acrid stream of smoke filled my mouth. Cigarettes are the perfect prop when you have nothing to say. I didn't stop loving you. I just loved the stars more. But you don't love me now. I can't love you. They cut those kinds of things out of me. Right. Cosmonauts are heroes, and above all those sticky human connections. What do you suppose they do with your excised brain matter, Johnny? All those feelings locked away in the dead neurons? Do they recycle them into pet food? Ritually burn them and throw the ashes in the Ganges? Maybe they give them to aliens as trophies. Look at the shit we can talk people into. The waitress brought our espressos, and Valentina drank hers, looking out the window. Coffee is another good prop for when you run out of words. A light snow dusted the street, the first hint of what was supposed to be an especially cold winter. Valentina was lost somewhere in her head. I took the moment to do a light meditation. I went through the number patterns we recited before heading out into the veer. A Fibonacci sequence. Cubes. Twin primes. The steady sequences calmed my guest a little. She finished her cigarette and dropped the butt into the dregs of her coffee. You should have taken me with you, she said. You know I couldn't. 
Deep Space is a boys' club. Girls can't play. You can't blame me for that. There are basic biological incompatibilities between the female neurochemistry and the guests. Are you really sorry? No, it's just an expression. I don't feel sorry. Liar, you're in love with your parasite. It lets you ride your big steel cock through space and call it heroic. When discussing our alien counterparts, we prefer the term guests. Fuck you and your guest. She stared at my face again. I was wearing dark glasses, old-fashioned metal aviators with opaque gray lenses. I always wondered if what they said about woman's biology was true or just a story to cover up some deeper, darker secret. What kind of secret? If I knew that, I wouldn't need to go, would I? I'd still like to go, even if I died on the way. But you can't go. Maybe if you were lucky enough to be a transgender, surgery, hormone treatments. That sometimes works. Now you're making fun of me. Am I? I don't think so. If I changed myself like that, I wouldn't be me anymore. Then when I found out your secrets, I still wouldn't know. There are no secrets. It's just space up there. Oceans of nothing. Mists of frozen dust. Arcs of fire and curious light. I thought you were blind, or is that another lie? All cosmonauts are blind. Human eyes and optic nerves are too easily fried by cosmic rays. Giving up our eyes is the beginning of the alteration. Accepting our guests is the end. Then how do you see? We don't. Our guests do. She leaned forward and tapped the back of my right hand, tracing my tattoos with one of her ragged fingernails. Stop talking about yourself in the plural, all right? Try saying I occasionally. Saying we and our makes you sound like an ant in a big colony. You're not an ant, are you? Just a bug hooked up to an alien hive mind. No, I'm just me. What a relief. You should have told me you were going. You should have asked me to come with you. You couldn't come with me. But I didn't get to say that, or think it, or argue with you about it. You were just gone, and then you were dead. Then I sort of died, and then you were alive again, and out in space, and I was here and still dead. I'm sorry. No, you're not, so stop saying it. Would you like some more coffee? Do you fuck, Johnny? My guest twisted uncomfortably inside me. What? Do spacemen fuck? Do you have girlfriends or boyfriends? Do you go to the space station whores? Maybe you let your parasites suck your cock out in the void where no one can see. Yes, we fuck, some of us, but some guests are disturbed by sex. They don't like the biochemical changes we experience, so it's not encouraged, but it's not forbidden. Do you fuck, Johnny? Sometimes, not often. Who was the last person you fucked? I don't remember. You're lying, aren't you? Yes. Because you don't want to tell me about her? Yes, you must have some feelings for her. I don't have feelings. Then why won't you tell me about fucking her? It would be rude, I believe, painful for you. Just because I'm dead doesn't mean I don't have manners. So you can still tell jokes. 
I tell the truth. I can't help if you find that funny. Her phone rang. Valentina touched one of her bracelets, and a shimmering blue square screen unfolded in the air above her wrist. She frowned and collapsed the phone back into the bracelet. Your lover, I said. Love has nothing to do with it. That's too bad. Do you ever feel lonely? Not out there with the other corpses and aliens, but here, with people who still breathe and fuck? I don't feel things like loneliness. Bullshit. If you're still Johnny, if you're still remotely human at all, you must feel lonely sometimes. I'm never lonely, but I'm aware of... differences. Tell me. Maybe it's the way our guests see. Your guests, Johnny, not ours. We're only talking about you. My guests tightened into what felt like a ball of tension, but was something more dangerous. I can't quite focus on individuals. We, I, see everything from a great distance, like a wide-angle camera lens. Sitting here with you now, I'm also looking at everyone else in the cafe. Do all cosmonauts see like that? In the void, we see a full 360 degrees, or we don't see at all. Our guests don't rely on any one sense more than any other. When I've gone null and give up control to my guest, it's not necessary for me to see for weeks at a time. Do you want to fuck me? I don't know. Of course you do. It's exactly your kind of question. Binary. Yes or no. Do you want to fuck me, or don't you? No. Not when you're irrational. You used to love angry fucking. Fucking was how we apologized, remember? Not really. After the alteration, our memories aren't entirely intact. But you remember some of it. Yes. Good. Then you remember that we were good at it. Do you want to fuck me now? No. I understand. Later, then, we'll fuck later. I took another cigarette from the pack and lit it. I took my time about it, running through the calming number patterns. My guest relaxed. I thought about leaving the café, but during training we'd been taught the importance of politeness. Those who no longer feel pain must respect the experience of those who are still controlled by it. I considered smiling warmly, but didn't, afraid that Valentina would think I was mocking her. Tell me about space, she said. Was it worth abandoning me and killing yourself? It's not what I thought it would be. It's not what you think it is. Then what is it? Space is as ordinary as this street or that hotel. Once you're over the initial shock, it's like anywhere else. It's life. It's ordinary. Even tedious at times, but like life punctuated with moments of brilliance. Such as? Seeing a supernova as it happens. Our guests can see a wider spectrum than humans, so I can see the gamma-ray fountain streaming from pulsars. What else? Tell me. Trembling blue stars being born in the Horsehead Nebula. Other intelligent races. The guests are slowly introducing us. I've met living machines that find us as strange as we find them. They can't believe that fragile meat has thrown itself out into space. Valentina beamed at me. And you went off to see all those things without me? You left me on this gray rock to go swimming through the stars and having cocktails with little green men? 
If you ever loved me, you would have killed me before you left. Don't be stupid. You could kill me now. Would you do that for me? I can't live here anymore. I hate this place. I hate it so much I can't taste food anymore. I can't even see colors. I hate it even more now, listening to you and knowing what's up there. We could go back to my place. We could fuck, and then you could kill me. You go back to space, and no one would ever know. I'm leaving. I stood and took some bills from my pocket. As my drifted vaguely toward him an emotional response, my guest wound back into a ball. It would begin dissolving me soon. Do this for me, Johnny. Kill me. If I was dead, too, I could go with you. It doesn't work like that. I don't have to go to the deep. You have quarters on one of the space stations, right? I could live there. Then I'd be there for you when you came back. I dropped a couple of euros on the table and put my hand on her shoulder, certain it was the proper thing to do. I must have been right because she rested her head on my arm. My quarters aren't very large, I said. They'd be even smaller with two. I don't care. I'll never love you. I can't. I don't care. What would you do when I was gone? I'll read. I'll putter. I studied chemistry, so I'll get a job with one of the research groups. I'll be a janitor. You know that most of the station crews are like me, altered. It's not as bad as deep space up there, but living long-term on a station guarantees cancer for unaltered humans. It's easy enough to clone a heart or a lung, but one speck in your brain and you'll die. Your brain has survived. You don't have a guest to eat your tumors. You spacemen are capable of taking care of things. I've seen documentaries. Some of you have little gardens in your rooms. Some of you even have pets. Take me with you. I don't need much. I'll be your rabbit. Give me lettuce and water and rub my ears every now and then. That's all I need. I left you once and you hate me for it. Every time I leave you up there, you'll hate me even more. No, I love you. Do this for me. Maybe one day one of your guests will want to taste a different kind of human host, and I'll be there and ready, and then I can go to the stars too. But you wouldn't be you anymore. And you'd never learn our secrets. I don't care. How will you be my rabbit if you're dead like me? We don't have to worry about that for a long time. Maybe never. Just take me with you now. I didn't say it before, but yes, I want to fuck you. Take me with you. You're alive. You can't live with the dead. I hate the living. So do I, I said, and took my hand from her shoulder. You're too loud and too ridiculous. How can you even think with all the noise you make? You'll want to know if I still have any human feelings? This is what I have. I hate you all. I love you, Johnny. I know. I went to the door, turned, and said politely, Goodbye, Valentina. She threw her coffee cup, but I was already outside. I kept my gaze forward, but my panoramic view I could see her through the cafe window, crying and cursing at me. At the sight of it, my guests grew placid and sleepy. The tabloids were right. I am the walking dead, a zombie veering into the cosmos, sustained by an alien parasite. I am a monster, but I can refuse to be monstrous. 
closing the cafe door, saying the things I did, and leaving Valentina with the living was as close to an act of love as I was ever going to get. I went to the port and rode the great diamond tether to the jump station. There, I found the first freighter heading out beyond Jupiter. I never went to Earth again. And there you go. A big, huge thank you to Richard. Richard, what a story, man. All the way back in 2009 with still brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. And Randall, big bear hug there, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to have you back on the boards. So that is, it certainly is, 2,727, man. How you keep us going, just support one period. Of you. you know, when getting stories like that, turn them into audio narrations, man, just escapism that's all we kind of need in this day and age just escapism until something better comes along starships over here taking you on to that escapism until next week I'd just like to say good night from me thank you for listening
Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.